Hi there. We're so glad you found the Fabric Podcast. Before you start listening, we wanted to let you know that this is one of our earlier episodes where our show was called The Check-In. On these episodes, we talk about the company, giving you insight into who we are and what we do. But in 2019, we realized we really want to focus more on company culture. So we refocused and renamed the podcast. So just a heads up that this earlier episode is still us, the team from The Receptionist, but just with a different show name and a slightly different focus. Thanks for listening. Here at The Receptionist, we obviously have a product that we sell. But when it comes to selling, we've got an approach that may be different than what you're used to. On today's episode of The Check-In, we're joined by Tom Foster, Director of Sales, and we're talking about your sales pitch and how not to annoy people. Tom lets us know what he's been up to in his first four months of the position, how he and his team have been crushing their goals, how they've been doing that, and what they're up to now in terms of selling in a way that meets our core values here at The Receptionist. And he shares some really great ideas for anyone who is in sales, who might have sales as a part of their business, or just wants to learn a little bit more about how to connect with their customers. So stick around, you won't want to miss it. Well, I am so excited to have Tom back on with us today. He has been in the position for four months as director of sales. Tom, how are you doing and how has it been going for you? Wow. 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 Four months. It's like that. It just yeah. flies by. But let me tell you, it has been a very, very rewarding experience so far to come in and to work with the entire team, but specifically Quinn Walsh, our enterprise account executive and Sam Penrod, our inside sales rep, to work with them and have them reach new heights in their sales goals and achieving these goals, as well as as a team to be able to come in and just see some some places where we could find some efficiencies to increase our sales. We've had uh, three out of the four months have been record month for the company. Wow. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, Yay, yay, team. What, what happened on that fourth month, Tom? Come on, um, three out of four. <laughs> we had a very big attrition month, but uh, we had a customer that uh, decided to go elsewhere. So That's it happens. It happens. Yeah, but these things happen. But it's been just unbelievable. Actually, uh, first time I was on the podcast with you, I had, was just really, really brand new. I think it was a month, maybe. Yeah. And I'd expressed that it was more than I thought it was going to be. And it, it's even better. It just keeps getting better. The collaboration between the team, to me, has been, it's its astounding. You know, as we grow looking for hiring a new um, business development rep that we're doing right now, is that to have that growth and as a team, it's its just, it's so rewarding. I, I can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> good. I'm sure we could do a whole podcast on how much you love us and how fantastic it's been, but. That's not what we're here for today. So um, we're specifically going to talk about sort of the sales pitch and how to do that and not to annoy people. But before we do, let's talk a little bit more about your role and specifically what you've been up to um, as the director of sales in the first few months. What have you been up to that have helped um, Sam and Quinn crush those goals and keep keep growing from here? Very good. So we, we looked at some of the processes that were in place. And one of the very first things that I did was create um, the process, if you will, they have a, a thing called the proven process, which is a kind of a loose outline of how onboarding works. But I looked at the actual sales process, the sales, uh, if you will, presentation on um, what's said during a demo, what things are done during the demo, what were the efficiencies of doing one on one demos. So we instituted a weekly webinar. So as opposed to doing one on one demos, we're doing these very large weekly webinars where a massive group of people can come in and see what we do at a very high level and then get more granular with, you know, Sam and Quinn, our, you know, account executive and enterprise um, account executive and inside sales, respectively. 
but it gives us a little bit more efficiency to take the time and work on those tasks that are creating those sales, those additional opportunities, and just really focusing on not so much the the, the onesie twosies, but the larger type of sales um, that are helping us grow at a more rapid rate. I love that. That seems like a really great way to introduce people to what we're doing, help them understand a bit more about what we offer, and then continue on from there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's created it's created a little bit of a, I don't know if you want to call it funness, uh, but it's a bit of fun. We enjoy the records. I'm working with uh, Michael Ashford, our director of marketing, on building up this webinar series. Mm-hmm. And having video webinars, like the video like we're doing currently, like being able to see, have people see what we do, show them the front end and the back end. It's created this excitement that allows the sales reps themselves to really focus on the sales aspect of what they're doing, follow-up emails, follow-up tasks, et cetera, and allowing us to really work on building that brand and making that brand uh, more noticeable in the marketplace. Yeah. So let's let's talk about then the sales. So obviously, we connect with people in a lot of different ways, webinar being one of the more recent ways that we're working on that. But But then it kind of shifts into what we might consider that sales process. Um, and I think in general, you know, salespeople and processes get a bad name, right? Uh-huh. People hate sometimes the salesperson <laughs> and trying to be sold on something or getting that sales call. So why do you why do you think that is? What what do you think customers hate about salespeople and sales calls? Well, that's a great question. So people hate to be sold. Yeah. People love to buy. This is why companies like Amazon do so well. Um, and and I, I liken this back to too many salespeople listen to the same radio station. And this radio station is W-I-I-F-M, as in what's in it for me. So they always are looking about what's in it for me? What can I gain? As opposed to how can I help this customer better solve their need? And that all starts out with a questioning strategy. If you don't ask questions up front and you don't take the time to really understand what the true needs of our of customer, meaning they may come and say, I want this, but in all actuality, once you do a little digging, and a little, you know, qualifications, you find out that they want something that they didn't realize they wanted. That's why we as a company, it's so amazing to see these case studies on how our customers are using our product in ways they didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. A lot of them think, oh, I just hit a button and check the visitor. Now they're like, wait, I'm using this. Like we had a featured business uh, story on Nut Butter Concepts, and they are using our app for checking in all of their employees. And this is working with great success. So seeing how these individuals are using our, our product for me is very rewarding. But going back to the original question about why do people hate salespeople? Because they're always about what's in it for me. Right. A lot of salespeople have um, been taught that when it all costs, the problem with that type of mentality is we're in an, an age nowadays where information is so readily available that an individual can take a few minutes and do a lot of research and find out a ton of information about a company. Mm-hmm. And a salesperson's job is truly evolving. It's not so much selling as it is consulting on the true needs of the customer, discovering what those true needs are. And Sam and Quinn have been doing an incredible job of identifying what these clients' needs are. And I know it might sound counterintuitive, but we're really looking at at ways that we can help, but also we're looking at ways to not be everyone, or sorry, everything to everyone. Right. we're not afraid to say, hey, look, we're we're not a fit. And it comes as a big surprise to a lot of folks. And they actually, well, 
they'll stop and say, well, that's not really that big of a feature because we really want to work with you. You know, too many salespeople try to just pitch, you know, right. my hands flapping up and down right now. I just, they just try to talk. And I was taught early on that sales is more about listening than it is about talking. And if you can spend 70% of your time actually listening to your customer and the other 30% talking, you're light years ahead of everybody else. Absolutely. Well, and I think when you you ask good questions and you allow them to talk, sometimes you can, they sort of sell themselves, right? Because they talk about what they need and what they want and their pain points. And then you go, well, we can do that. Here's what our product actually does. Or you realize, you know what, that's not what our product does. And we're a mismatch. And so I'm not going to waste your time and have a great day. Nice to meet you. So I think allowing them to talk really is a good strategy when it comes to sales, but isn't what you typically think about for sales. Oh, amen. <laughs> the majority of time. <laughs> Preaching to the choir here. Oh, yeah, totally. So, and that, and that is true because when a person is in sales, especially, they're so afraid that if I don't get the sale, I'm, I'm not going to make my quota or whatever yeah. it may be. Is that if you spend the time trying to fit people into a box that you don't service, you know, trying to put people into your box, stop doing that. As a salesperson, start really looking at the needs of your customer. The reason the receptionist has grown as fast as it has is one, because the product is amazing, but two, because we are not afraid to say, hey, look, we're not a fit. That's not a feature that we currently support. That's not something we want to get into. And by doing that, it gives that people the clarity uh, to know that, hey, these guys are, they're going to shoot me straight. And that's really what it's all about is trust. Um, right. And you said, yeah, and you said two really interesting things there. You just, what you just talked about is great because even if you're not a fit for them, you've done a good job of educating that potential customer, being clear, being upfront. And even though you're not the right fit for them, they're probably going to remember that and respect that and maybe share that with someone else down the road of, hey, you're looking for this. I met someone. So I think that's really important in how we approach things. But also what you said that I think is important for people on the sales side, there's also a lot of pressure on them oftentimes to sell. And that's what the focus is, selling, closing the deals. And so it's really, I think, normal that they get so focused on closing and selling and forget kind of that approach of it's not really about the selling and talking and, and just getting them the product. It's about finding the right people and, and meeting their needs. That's 100%. It is because so many people are so concerned about, I've got to get the sale. I've got to get the sale. I've got to do this. That they start doing what are called unnatural acts. And this is something that Andy brought to me. Andy Alsop, our CEO, he brought in, he said, you know, during the sales process, we don't want to see anything that's unnatural. And the, I, it goes back to kind of my own experiences is that people, they buy emotionally, but they purchase intellectually, meaning they buy on their emotions and they purchase based on sound hard facts. For example, if I go to a Ferrari dealership and drive a Ferrari, I'm going to be like, yes. And then the intellectual side is going to go, no, no. <laughs> So you've got to look at both sides of yeah. the sales process and really hone in on what it is that that customer needs. Yeah. The nail on the head. I mean, if we're not a fit for somebody and to be able to say that to them, it's kind of refreshing, I actually think, for customers. Oh, I would agree 100% because you don't want to have your time wasted Yeah. to be sold, sold something that is not actually what you need or you can't afford it or it's not going to do what you want or what you know is required. So yeah, I think that's that's just as important almost as knowing that yes, this is a good fit is also knowing that no, it's not a good fit for me. Correct. Correct. And that's a hard thing. And it was really hard when I first came here to 
kind of get that, that get that across as in, hey, it's okay to sell the no. It's okay to get that no. And that's what we want up front because it, it eliminates our customers wasting their time. Yeah. It's not about us. It's about them. Because if they can figure out and analyze and realize, hey, this this is this is what I want, and that's what happens more often than not. But if they have that ability themselves to go, okay, instead of being sold, we're being consulted. We're being really taught about what the product can do and what its true capabilities are. Um, and I think to answer the first question a little bit is that that's why people have such a hard time with sales pitches. And I have yeah. my hands in quotes here is because it's not about the true needs of the customer. It's about what the salesperson is trying to get across and getting, having the strength and the confidence to know that, Hey, it's okay to get there and that nobody's going to get in trouble. It's part of our culture is being bold and doing things that other people might find odd is that it really works for us. And the numbers are really speaking for themselves. So I'm very very proud of that. Yeah. Yeah, we should be. So let's go back to that idea of a sales pitch. How do you think people typically define that? Because that's not what we're, what we're doing here. So let's start with that. What, what do we mean by a sales pitch? Going way back in, way back in the day, a sales pitch is a canned approach where you say the same, uh, the, the, it's very monotone. It's remember earlier, I said 70% listening and 30% talking. Mm-hmm. It's the exact opposite. Right. It's where you come in and um, kind of spew out everything you could possibly think. It's the features and benefits conversation where old salespeople have been taught to somebody gives you an objection and objection is not really a negative. An objection is a request for more information. So as a salesperson, what your true, I shouldn't say salesperson, as a consultant, your true goal and your job is to really find out what it is that that person wants. Because a lot of times they don't know and they're coming to you wanting to know that. And that's why they get so annoyed with the sales pitch. Right. Because it's not individualized. It's not personal. You right. Know? So if your goal is still to sell, right, and you are acting as this consultant, what are some do's and don'ts so that you're not annoying your potential customer and the person that you would either like to close or to, to determine you're not the right fit and let's part ways and move on? What are some good do's and don'ts for our listeners? Ooh, there are so many. <laughs> Don't talk constantly. <laughs> yeah. Do listen. But no, don't try to have the end goal be the sale. And what I mean by that is try, people want to buy. You know, people, I think I mentioned this earlier, is people, people don't like to be sold. Give them the information so that they can come up with their own informed decision. We're seeing companies out there that are growing at an incredible rate simply because they give the customer the choice to make the decision themselves. And I personally feel that if you give an individual enough information, that they'll make that decision on their own, whether or not they're a fit or not. And they will actually, and I've seen it. They will take something that's on the fringe, maybe an idea. I need this. I want this over to, you know what? These people have great customer service. They're honest. They're straightforward. They didn't try and sell me a, a line of goods. I'm going to go with them because this right. is what the type of service I want. And I would say don't have anything unnatural, meaning don't say the product can do more than it can do. Be very honest and upfront when something doesn't work. and it's it's kind of like a football game or a soccer game or any kind of a game when you all, you know, even though we've all played, well, I should use hockey, but anyway, um, <laughs> which, you know, we all know what the rules are, but they, why do they explain them at the beginning of every game? So everybody knows what they are. Mm-hmm. And if you can explain that to your customer and kind of take that type of mentality of, hey, let's go through the whys and the, and the do's, the don'ts of what our product can do, that'll make it a little bit easier for them to make that decision on their own. So 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah, don't do anything unnatural. That's the easiest way to put it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great way to say it. Now, um, so I think we've talked a lot about what sort of your philosophy is when it comes to selling and um, what we believe at the receptionist. Is there anything we've missed that's important to us about sort of the sales process? Um, anything else to share with us? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we're. I like to say that we're a friendly company, meaning we're mm -hmm. not going to tell you something that's not going to happen. Right. Um, but I would, I would definitely say when it comes to having an approach, don't be too rigid in your approach. That's why people hate salespeople in, in a nutshell. They don't like those unsolicited um, phone calls or when somebody comes in to give them a pitch, it's, it's not what they wanted. Is that keep your, keep your honesty, keep your realism, keep your authenticity to use one of our um, notions of fabric. Is that keep that authenticity about who you are as a company and who you are as a person. Um, because people will respond to that. It, I mean, proof's in the pudding. Right. Is this be you? Yeah. Be genuine. You know. Yeah. And it's obviously much easier if someone is seeking a solution, right? They they have a pain point. They know uh, we can't get people checked in or our receptionist keeps calling out sick or we have HIPAA compliance concerns. It's nice when they're seeking a solution. But what about for our listeners who maybe have to do things like cold calling or, you know, things that people just really hate? Like oh, yeah. you know, we ignore those calls. And if we think it's someone we know and we pick it up and we realize it's a sales call, we say no right away. Do you have any thoughts oh, yeah. for, for the individuals who are maybe struggling with those aspects of sales? Absolutely. Number one, don't be afraid. So one of the very first things that I did was I got in and I started calling customers that weren't contacted. I started calling customers that were our customers. And one of the very first things I've always done, and this goes against everything on the planet, when I call somebody and they answer the phone. First thing I say is, hey, this is Tom with the receptionist. Did I catch you at a bad time? It's hmm. just that simple. And people are like, but they're going to say yes. The 99 out of 100 people will say, no, what do you need? Simply because I showed them respect. Like, right. hey, is this a bad time? And if they do say it's a bad time, I'll say, no, no problem. What's a better time for me to bless you up? Keep it personal. Keep it real. Don't be pitchy. And again, pitchy. Yeah. <laughs> Is, We've got air quotes. You can't see this, yeah, but we're yeah. air quotes around pitchy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be fake. Like, be real. It, it, I'll put it like this. If you go and you watch a show, like a, um, a musician playing, like I'll use the band Kiss because pretty much everybody knows who they are. Mm -hmm. And they have a song, Rock and Roll All Night. It's been played hundreds of thousands of times, probably across the, across the time that they've been playing it. If you go and you see them tomorrow, and they mess up that song or they play that song and they kind of phone it in. You're going to remember that and you might lose a fan. I had that recently happen um, as we talked a minute ago about yeah. a show I went to where I was like, why did you mess that up? Because I don't look at sales as a pitch. I look at it as a true performance to connect with the people that you're there talking to, whether it's on the phone, whether it's through email or whether it's, you know, on a webinar or on a one-on-one -on -one demo is think of it like that musician and that musician puts in a hundred percent every time to make that connection. And we as salespeople, if we could really consult people and worry more about the connection than the close, the closes all come. It's the same thing with musicians. If you play the song and you do it well, the fans will come and they'll keep you going. Look at Aerosmith. Look at all these bands that have been around for, you know, decade after decade after decade. Um, and that takes, I guess some advice I would give to people, especially if you're cold calling, because it is rough, it's hard, mm -hmm. um, is have fun, smile, and yes. realize that you don't know what the other, the person on the other end of the phone, what they're dealing with. If you can try to make everybody laugh, 
everybody smile. It just, ha- I don't know. That's how I looked at cold calling. Cause I really right. wasn't my thing when I got into sales, you know, a few, a while ago <laughs> was that I tried to make every door I walked into, I try to make them smile, whether they yeah. were me or not. I didn't care. Cause it's not about me. Like it's about them. And that makes rejection a lot easier when you realize that it's not about you. It's about your customer. If they're having a bad day. Try to make them feel better for a second. Right. You know, yeah. I, th- I think that's, yeah, I think that's a great approach because you know, no one wants to be rude to anyone. Well, maybe some people do. Hopefully most of us don't <laughs> be rude to anyone. Right. But we're just so, I think used to these people. Hello, sir or madam, how are you today? And you're like, Oh no, this is not going to go well. I'm sorry. I'm busy. Right. And then you're just like, click, I'm done. I'm not even going to give them a chance, but I think you're right. When they come on the phone and they're friendly and they sort of disarm you with like, how are you today? Like what's going on? Or a little, you know, make you laugh. You're more inclined to follow through with it and listen. And, you know, yeah, I think just being friendly, authentic smile. I think that's a great strategy. Like go into the call feeling good, you know, put yourself in a good mood and you're more likely to, to have a positive outcome, whether that's just a a successful call where no, it's not a right fit, but they didn't hang up on you right away. Or, you know, it's, it's some sort of sending them more information or whatever it might be. So I think, yeah, those are all, all great strategies. So as we wrap up today, I think so much great information for people who are in sales or have sales as a part of their business and how to not annoy people. Any (laughs) final thoughts for our listeners? Yes celebrate the little wins. If a person didn't hang up, if you made a person smile, those are wins. Celebrate all those little things. Too many people, you mentioned this a while ago, put this pressure on themselves and this pressure becomes overwhelming. You know, if you put enough air in a balloon, it will always blow up. Like it will always pop. So don't, don't put so much pressure. Realize it's about the connections that you can make with people and really celebrate some of those, those wins and being You've mentioned it. We've mentioned it. Being authentic, we just read it a lot of our emails because they were kind of they weren't what they could have been. And our response rate after becoming more personable on the emails has been incredible. It's part of our um, our rock for this quarter is updating the emails, and we're seeing incredible results on the response from people by just being ourselves. Right. How you and I are speaking right now. If I were to get on the phone and be like, "Hi, how are you today?" Like, my name, my name is Tom Foster. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's and that's a great point too, is look at all of your touch points and make sure that they are all sort of on brand and authentic and working to connect with people because you don't want to sort of shoot yourself in the foot that you know you get this connection on the phone and yes, you can send me more information and then your email is very salesy or you know just pushes them in the wrong direction or, you know, yeah, I think it's all, all important. All those, those times that you interact with your potential customers, you got to consider what's the, the message you're sending. Yeah. The tone and how are you yeah. doing? Yeah. It's like, and I have such a great team. I mean, you look at how Michael does all of the, um, the marketing and bringing mm-hmm. in all these customers every day. Like if, when you look at the tone of everybody, and I guess that would be the, the final thing I would say yeah. is don't get stuck. That's why people hate sales pitches because it's the same thing over and over and over. The word, it's the word tracks. Yeah. <laughs> I can only say what's on page 67. And then when someone says this, I have to jump to this page and I can only say those things. Oh my gosh. I remember those. No, I've written some of those. And I one day said, no, no more. Just be real. Like yeah. people respond. Don't be afraid to not know the answer. I guess that's, right. if you will, the final thing is that yeah. don't, when somebody has a question, that you don't know the answer to, don't make one up. Just say, right, that's a great question. Let me get the answer. I'll call you back. Yep. And 
I've got more response personally out of that by not knowing everything. And we do this naturally when we're new at something, but we lose it as we learn more and more about the product. We're afraid to say no. Is that it's okay to not know? You know, that's how we all learn. So I, I would say that's another big one for the uh, for the end there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Tom. This has been fun as always, and also very informative. And hopefully now people can annoy other people less if you're in sales. <laughs> I hope so. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. We hope that you got some good insight into happiness, what we've got going on to ensure that our team and our clients are happy, and maybe what you would like to do to increase the satisfaction or measure that satisfaction for your own clients and customers. And if you'd like to check out our two-week free trial with no credit card required and to see what we do to make our potential customers and then customers happy, check us out at thereceptionist.com.